Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode 116, How to Help Your Children Succeed. Before I begin, I want to announce that if you have not been able to come into the Reimagine Motherhood membership, if you missed enrollment uh, in January, I'm opening it up again in February. So next week, February 24th through the 28th, I'll have enrollment open so you can come in and be part of our monthly coaching community. And just so you understand what it is, um, I pick a theme that's related to marriage, motherhood, or home management. And the theme goes through the whole month. And each month, once a week, I have a workshop. I give a workshop via Zoom on a particular topic. So it's about 15 to 30 minute workshop. And then I'm available for questions and answers and for coaching. Group coaching does not mean that you get coached by a group. Group coaching uh, is that you are coached by me, certified life coach, and other people get to watch you getting coached. And the reason why this is so effective is because most often the issues that we deal with, other people deal with as well. And you'll benefit from watching other people get coached as well. So I love the group coaching model and um, our our little community that we began in November has been growing and just love it. We have great moms who are in the community. Uh, we've had different topics like uh, creating a home management system that was in January. February was communication and intimacy in marriage. And you'll be able to utilize all of those uh, past recordings once you come into the membership. But again, it's a group coaching membership, and we have a specific focus each month. So March is parenting, and it's going to be all things parenting. And I'm going to teach you how to have virtue-based discipline. I will teach you how to get your children to listen. We'll talk about managing technology use, and the really important thing of creating boundaries with children. Boundaries that we create like guardrails to protect them, but also eliminating some boundaries that they may create for themselves um, by helping them with growth mindset. So um, yeah, come and join us again. uh, It'll be open February 24th through the 28th, and then we'll start March right away with parenting. And just so you know, you can go to janetquinlan.com forward slash waitlist, and you'll be sure to get all the information as soon as it opens up. All right, how to help your children succeed. Well, this is very interesting. When I was a young mom, if I were to hear a phrase like that, I would automatically think in the educational realm. How can they succeed academically? But I want to tell you that Uh, Many studies have been done on children in middle class, upper middle class, and lower middle class environments, and it's not about 
the information that we can stuff inside our child's head. It's not about whether or not they get the AP classes or the honors classes. doesn't matter really what college they go to, what high school they attend, and even in some places, whether or not they get into that elite preschool in your area. It's really true. I know in, in many cities, they have these elite preschools that are tens of thousands of dollars. It doesn't matter. Here are the things that help your child succeed academically, socially, and just an, their own sense of self. First thing is children need a stable home environment where their basic needs of food, shelter, and appropriate clothing are met. They need to feel safe. They need to feel clean. They need to be in surroundings that are clean and clutter-free because sometimes we don't understand how much stress, clutter, and dirt cause us. They really do. So they need a safe, clean, clutter-free environment. They need a stable home environment that has routines and schedules that put the guardrails on in their life. There's comfort in knowing what to expect. When we put routines and schedules in place, although we often find that we have to keep reminding the children of them, but when we put them in place, it actually reduces the stress of the home, which allows the children to develop their executive function skills. This is really critical. Um, when children cannot make the decisions that they need to make in a split second, it's often because they are overwhelmed with stress of stuff moving around in their brain. Sometimes I wonder if that's why there's this huge spike in diagnosing children with ADHD because they can't really process. And is it because of the chemicals in their body or is it because the environment that they're dealing with at home? Something to think about. So that first one is a stable home environment. The second thing that children need to succeed Connection with people who love them for who they are. Parents need to see the good in their child and praise and encourage them rather than focusing always on the faults and failings. And part of this is being proactive with our children. Our children will get our attention either in a positive or a negative way. So if we aren't being proactive in giving them positive attention by praising them and encouraging them, we will have to deal with them in the negative attention, correcting them on bad decisions, noticing their faults, pointing them out to them. We want to be parents who praise and encourage more than correct. Yes, we're going to have to correct our children, but we don't want our children growing up feeling like they're always corrected and they're not accepted for who they are because their parents always pointed out their faults and failings. We also need to be parents who challenge children to develop in virtue. And we do that by teaching our children to take responsibility for and completing their chores around the house. We teach orderliness. We teach patience when we help them deal with siblings who may not agree with them or in times they don't get their way. We teach them to be patient when they don't get their way. We teach them generosity when we help them be generous in forgiving another 
or in giving the benefit of the doubt to another, in not holding grudges. That's how we teach them to be generous. And there's a lot of other virtues that we teach them in our home, but we can only teach it in our home when we're striving to practice those virtues and we're paying attention to how we communicate the necessity and the benefit of the virtues in their lives. The third thing is to create boundaries. So when we're talking about boundaries with children, I like to say guardrails. Some people prefer boundaries, but really it's just having the space to have the children learn self-control, not just getting their own way. Okay. It's guiding them in the right direction with the correct responses that will make them happy. When we create boundaries, we teach them interpersonal skills of respect, thoughtfulness, kindness, by the way they treat us and the way they treat the other children in the family. Again, through our connection, but within boundaries. Children should not be allowed to say, I hate you, to their mother. That's a violation of a boundary. And we need to help our children understand what the boundaries are that will bring them to peace, happiness, self-control, and self-esteem. Our job is to help them to be courageous to try something new, to have a growth mindset, giving them the space to try new things and be there when they fail, helping them see that failure is just learning. It's not a judgment of themselves. We help them establish their thoughts and their emotional boundaries about everything and anything in their life, about kids at school who may bully them. We teach them how to have boundaries with those children, both physically, but also interiorly. We teach them how to think about those types of children. We teach them how to think about new things that come their way. Teaching them to not let their emotions control their thoughts, but rather helping them identify their thoughts that serve them, which create healthy emotions. It's really amazing what I'm seeing with this generation of teenagers. Actually, it's beyond teenagers. It goes up into the 20s. This whole idea that if I feel it, it's real. That's not true. If we feel it, it's because of something that we're thinking. And so that's another thing that we do in the membership is I really help people identify what their thoughts are and do those thoughts serve you to create the life that you want? rather than focusing on the emotions that we have and allowing those to control our life. We don't want that. We want to be thoughtful people. But we live in this culture where emotion is everything. It's so important what you, what you feel. No, it's not. An emotion lasts about 60 to 90 seconds. If we indulge it, it will last longer and longer and longer. But really... Do we want to be a slave to our emotions? Do we want our children to be a slave to their emotions? No. We want to teach them to have self-imposed boundaries of my emotions do not control me. I'm going to think for myself. And it's not a skill that comes naturally. We need to teach them that. The fourth thing to help your children succeed is to have 
a home that's a learning environment where we expose them to the good, the true, and the beautiful, the classics, where we have good books, not Captain Underpants. <laughs> Please, not Captain Underpants. Um, but we have good books and we have mandatory reading time from the time they're very, very young. We say mandatory. I just mean it's part of the schedule. Okay, they don't know it's mandatory. That word is kind of a harsh word, right? We just have it as part of our schedule. It's reading time, as opposed to sticking them in front of the TV. I actually, um, <laughs> I heard about a, a parenting coach um, who was talking about screen time. And she was okay with her children, her small children, being in front of the TV for three to four hours a day. A day? No. When your children are in front of the screen, their brains are shriveling up, okay? But when they're reading a book, even just looking at the pictures, their brains are expanding. We want to eliminate that junk food of technology. Even when we talk about learning games, the learning games come with a dopamine hit. They're more addicted to the dopamine hit than what they're learning. Take it out. Take the dopamine hit away from them. I guarantee you this. If you take your children off screens, it'll be hard to begin with, okay? If your children are already on screens, it will be difficult. But once you take them off and they have withdrawal and they will have withdrawal, and that in and of itself should be very concerning. But once they have that withdrawal, you will find a different child. You'll find a calmer child a more sensitive child in a good way. You'll find a child who is more curious and who really loves the good things of life. The building of blocks, the dress up and pretend play, the Lego building. You'll be amazed at the depth and richness of your child once you take them off and they go through withdrawal of all those screens. So in the learning environment in our home, we want to encourage curiosity to learn new things, to learn a new instrument, to learn those snap circuits, how to create a circuit that makes a bell ring or a light bulb turn on. When children are involved in learning, fun learning, allowing their curiosity to see what will happen next, you watch how happy they become. And when they're older, they will have the self-confidence to be curious, to try new things, to try a new sport, to learn a new language, to learn to sew, or to try a new craft. All of that comes from having a learning environment at home where children are not only allowed but encouraged to be curious and see what life can offer them. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about that will help your children succeed is to give them a higher purpose in life an understanding that they are not the center of the universe. It's not about making sure they go to church on Sunday, right? With that wagging of the finger and get there and then go home. No, it's about bringing Christ completely into their lives all day long, every day. And understanding that God is the center of the universe. 
It's having a connection to past generations through their faith. It's having a connection with God through divine filiation of understanding they are a child of God. And when they have a higher purpose in life, they'll have a moral code that they understand is set down by the creator. Not by mom, not by dad, but by God. God created a moral code for our happiness. They'll also have an inner core of hope that things will turn out all right, that someone, God, will cover over their faults and weaknesses and take care of them. And they'll also learn the most important thing anyone can bring to a relationship, I think, is sacrificial love. Because if you love with a sacrificial love, you love as Jesus loved. When we teach our children sacrificial love, they learn the power of it through the lives of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and then learn to live with a sense of sacrificial love, of giving up for others, of loving when it hurts, even when they're very little, of giving a toy to their younger brother because it makes the younger brother happy and they can sacrifice just a bit to make their younger brother happy. So again, that last point, teach your children a higher purpose in life. Those are the things that I think are really important in helping your children succeed. Success academically is important, but success personally with relationships, with who they are in relationship to God and to others and to themselves, what they think of themselves is where success really comes in. All right, don't forget, don't miss out because March is going to be awesome in Reimagine Motherhood our monthly coaching program. Um, The doors will be open on February 24th through the 28th. And then we'll start right away that first week in March. It'll be March 2nd with our very first workshop and Q&A. I hope you'll join us. I guarantee you it will change your motherhood. You can go to janetquinlan.com forward slash waitlist to sign up. And as soon as the doors open, I'll send you an email and you can sign up right away. All right, take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be? The woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at findingjoyinmotherhood.com.